Basketball is very good. The Rockets are better without Chris Paul. Giannis will win the MVP. What if Kyrie Irving is actually God? Basketball is very good. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to NBA Group Chat. My name is Chris Ryan. Today I was joined by Justin Verrier and Haley O'Shaughnessy. We talked about last night's amazing Sixers victory over the Lakers and Joel Embiid's uh, star-making performance, if he isn't already a star. We did some first month of the season awards, and then we were joined by Kevin Clark to talk about the magic, and Justin and Haley and I also talked about tonight's Boston versus Golden State clash between the two best teams in the league. It's the game of the season. Let's get it going. Embiid wants it against Randall. Joel Embiid got it and a foul. Marvelous play by Embiid, who's got a career high 41. Oh, it's NBA group chat, and the spirit is in the building. Woo! It's a gospel brunch podcast because I saw I saw the light last night, Justin Verrier. Hello. I was moved, Haley O'Shaughnessy. That's great. I went and saw Joel Embiid destroy Los Angeles for the second straight game in person at the Staples Center. I didn't see him on uh, against the Clippers. I went last night against the Lakers. Praise him. And we have to talk about this. Like I, this is not Sixers Sixers colored lenses, man. This is an important story because Akeem Olajuwon back. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Um first of all, always love when a guy plays up to the size of the gym he's in where he's like this is like a big game. People are watching. Los Angeles has got good like the Lakers definitely have good Good fans, no no shots at Isaac Lee, but he was like, I want I want this game. You right. know what I mean? Like he kept his personality, which and is just great. was just a dominating force the entire time he was on the court. Um, to be fair, he did dunk all over the Clippers the night before. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he wiped them out. I was yeah. just saying that like it was of- just awesome to watch him. Like I was kind of like, well, they've been in LA since Saturday, right? We know from Instagram that they have at least been to hide once. He and Markel <laughs> went to the Pacific Ocean, not very warm this time of year. Sure. Like, he could be have a Markel did not look like he was enjoying the ocean. I, what does Markel <laughs> look like he's enjoying anything? That's not, <laughs> yes, you know. that's a good point. So he comes <laughs> out. To be fair, the L.A. oceans are so cold. I know. They are freezing. But that why jump in me. them? You're a professional <laughs> basketball player. Right. You're supposed to, it's not cold therapy. You, that's yeah, you could get a cold, which speaking of, that's why I sound like early 2000s Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back from a cold. So I apologize. That's a lot to unpack. Um, yeah. So then they beat the Clippers. He has an incredible game. He like wrestles with Willie Reed, does the choke sign, just basically is like, I own L.A., takes out a sublet in Staples. And I have very low expectations for this Lakers game. I thought maybe he would be on like a minutes restriction or something. Nope, comes out, 34 minutes, 46 points, 15 boards, 7 assists, 7 blocks. Why did you have low expectations when— Because I just don't—I don't, I want to keep myself together with him. And it's oh. like, okay, he played a lot of minutes against the Clippers— Maybe he'll just come out and play like 25 right. minutes against the Okay, Lakers. that's understandable. Maybe this is the end of a long road trip, and they're like, you know what? We did what we came out here to do. Right, I but th- everyone wants to bring it against Lonzo. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's that. I also feel like he's the type of player, like when you hear stories about 80s-era football players, where they're like, oh, I went out and did cocaine right before the yeah. Super Bowl. Like, not to say that Joel Embiid <laughs> did cocaine, no. but like the fact that he'd been partying and he'd been out in L.A., I feel like that almost fuels him. I also feel like it fuels him to just have people try to talk junk to him. Yeah. And he just wants to go back at them and dunk all over. So this is basically a four by 100 relay race. Like the Sixers are fourth in pace. The Lakers are third. Uh, Both teams were like ripping and running off makes or misses. And they turned the ball over a ton. They're two of the worst teams in turnover percentage. But the best part about it, I mean, the Embiid stuff we can get to. But you could tell right away 
that definitely Ben Simmons and pr- pretty much Robert Covington just like had Lonzo's playbook. So they would both kind of hang back like safeties in the sort of midcourt area. And as Lonzo would try to get that break going, and Lonzo's thing is to throw that early pass to a guy right on the above the break and surprise everybody Ben would just jump it right like they would either tip it or intercept it and it just completely spooked Lonzo and then in the middle of the first quarter I think at the end of the first quarter Brett Brown puts TJ McConnell on and TJ McConnell just guards Lonzo 90 feet <laughs> it just not a good court press Lonzo ball it was right. awesome it was like completely took him out of the game they had no countermeasure the Lakers only looked good when they were playing all the guys that are not on billboards with the exception of Kuzma but it was like KCP Clarkson Bogut Brewer, those were the guys who kept the Lakers in the game. Because otherwise, if you were just like, wait, how, how come the Sixers aren't up 25 right now? That's how lopsided it looked out on the court. Yeah. But just a breakneck game. Like, I can't explain it. And the crowd was even just like, whoa, whoa, like looking back and forth. And I think that one of the things I took away from this was that initially I watching a few Sixers games. And you guys jump in whenever you want to just tell me to calm down. No, we love um, this. Keep going. I was like, I'm really into this team. They're really exciting. I'm, I'm, I do. I want to see a little bit of like tactical sophistication with what they're doing because right now they're making the most passes. Um, I think they're making the most passes of, of any team in the league. They're whipping the ball around. They're moving it well. But I'm not sure. Like the Ben not being able to shoot thing makes watching basketball feel awkward because everything you're expecting to happen doesn't happen. You're like, oh right. So he's got eight feet of space here. You should nail this. Nope. Like he's either like go in and do a hook shot or he's going to throw a no-look whip pass to J.J. Redick in the corner from like 22 feet away. Right. J.J. and Covington are like their saving grace. Yeah. There. Yeah. I think I've been encouraged over the past few games. I went to the game on Monday and it, although they're a young team, this should like theoretically be a clash of two of the youngest like up up and coming teams in the NBA but the Sixers don't play like that Mm-mm. there's like a level of sophistication that they have and I think well for one thing is that the rookies are also old um but even Ben Simmons for his first year in the league like he just plays with a level of poise that's like I don't want to just overshoot this but it's LeBron-esque yeah. he just has like the body control he has the court vision and he has the ability to like know when to use his strength versus when to like kind of get around guys it's like it's really exciting to he watch also so the initially in the first few games of the season there was a little bit of troll concerning going on about how Ben and Embiid were taking up some similar areas of the court mm-hmm. where like Embiid really like to stand at the top of the key and play like the Garnett role and Ben also sort of like to stand at the top of the key and play floor general that's taking care of itself and I was initially I was kind of like traditionalist like why why is this behemoth standing at the top of the key he's the only it's like obviously the inefficiency would be to put him down on these lower uh, smaller guys Mm -hmm. but now I really like this Garnett role for him because it keeps him super engaged in all the sets for the first three and a half quarters of the game and I think it kind of maybe saves his body a little bit to go low at the end of the game and basically be the closer. Yeah. Because at the end of the game, they would just dump it into him and they were playing Randall on him one-on-one, which was basically like, go jump off a cliff. <laughs> and then when they did try to start doubling, he just moves the ball right out of there. Yeah. He just right. gets it right out of there. So it's it's not only just Embiid's individual accomplishment, the fact that he says he's only at 69% healthy. Very nice. Nice. Um. It's the fact that like they seem to be getting better. Did he really say that? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. He said, I think I'm only 50% healthy. 
Oh and my then god, he was I like, love him so Actually much. 69, and then he looked at the camera. He's the only <laughs> one that could pull that off, and we're not just like rolling your eyes out. Did he wink or anything, or just I mean, deadpan? everything he does is wink. I would say that the coolest thing that happened, though, was like, was sitting in the Lakers, I was as a civilian last night, I didn't go as me, and I wanted to be able to cheer. And watching <laughs> Lakers fans turn on Luke Walton, because he wasn't doubling Embiid, and just like watching like the, the Sixers bring the ball up the court, and they'd be like, double him, what are you doing? Yeah. And it was just like, wow. This guy can like turn a gym against a coach. Yeah, Julius Randle was on him way too often. Yeah, uh, it does speak to like his versatility. That well, for one, it speaks to the Lakers' uh, overcommitment to small ball, mm-hmm. where it's like they don't have enough big guys, and it's just like who do you throw on Embiid? The only guy who gave Embiid problems last night was Bogut. Yeah, because yeah, I think that's the way to do it, especially because Embiid hasn't been doing well from three. Yeah, like I was watching him during that Clippers game, and John Gonzalez, who was sitting next to me, was just getting pissed the whole time because he does this ridiculous pump fake mm-hmm. from the top of the key where no one is falling for it, right. especially because he's not shooting well from three, and then he just keeps doing. That's like all of his offense starts with that to a certain degree. Um, but other than that, like you really need to put a big body on him, or he's gonna just stomp you. Yeah, I mean it's just. Uh the only guy, like I said, the only guy giving problems was Bogut. Um, Where do you I mean, expect them to to be in the East? I think the that there's going to be some regression in terms. Of, first of all, like they'll just have injuries. I mean, they'll just have that. Right now, they have like a pretty tight rotation. Right. Um, they are a little shallow. I don't think Covington can continue to shoot at this clip. Although, like, shout out to Robert Covington getting paid, but also like on a really good deal for the Sixers, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, you know, I mean, like they rely a lot on on JJ and his outside shooting to stretch the floor because from the perimeter, you know, Ben is not is not a threat. Uh, but this group that they have can be almost anyone on any given night, and that's really exciting. It's the first time it's been that way in a very long time since like before the Doug Collins years to to feel like every night you have a shot against any team. So that's really, it's really cool. Uh, as far as the Lakers go, let's talk a little, I'm not even here to be like, let's get Lonzo Ball in this pod for SEO purposes, <laughs> but do we, are we concerned? He's just kind of fallen in the back of my mind. Yeah. I feel like he hasn't. And Luke's mind, because he got benched. Right. Yeah. Well, but that's necessary right now. They can't play their young guys in games like that in well, the end. I would argue that they should be playing him through all that. Like, right. trial by fire. Anyway. Right. Yeah, just trial by fire this. Just, like, make sure he knows, like, how to play through these sort of things. I was encouraged early in the season, despite the poor shooting, just because like, when you watch him, especially up close, you see how he gets everybody involved. I was, like, the last person on this hill. I have since died on this hill yeah. myself uh, because he just can't shoot. Like, it really just throws off everything he does because he also doesn't have the dribbling ability and the handle to kind of get by guys. Yeah. Right. So he really doesn't provide much on offense other than passing the ball. Or yeah. even like the ferocity to get to the rim. No. Yeah, he's very passive. He, right. he is, I could see him being good against teams that like sag back or play compact defenses and he's good at unlocking defenses with like sees passes that other people don't see. Mm-hmm. He starts breaks where there aren't, aren't any breaks happening. But for a team that's playing like they've all been snorting Ritalin for <laughs> three days, like he's just not going to be, he's, he can't play with a team that's that, that aggressive with him. And I, I felt like, you know, like I don't want to be, this is hypocritical because I'm like, Markel doesn't have the yips. It's, you know, he hasn't even played. But like Lonzo was shooting like he had the yips, you know his his shot looked very 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 bad. Yeah, and when you just when Justin when you just said like yeah you know he can't shoot, it's not that he's making like, you know for a game, he's right. literally sometimes making none a game. Having said that, I'm still in long term. 
I still think he is a cerebral type of player. I think if you had a good team, I still think he would be really good at it. But I just, I don't think he's going to be the type of player. And maybe this is too soon to say this, but it doesn't seem like he's even the type of player that's your number one. I don't think that's unreasonable to say like long term, especially since Magic had that comment the other day where he was going to. They said we're going to let him shoot like he wants to shoot through the season, and then we'll re- we'll revisit it after the season, which I think is the right move. Because if you try to tweak too much mid-season, it kind of just throws a guy off. Yeah, more, and once and you it becomes get into very this mental. process of being on the road and like the the whole NBA sort of production line of like games, like I don't know that you get that much work done on your game, your individual game during the yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, right. you hear those stories all the time of guys saying that they fell out of shape during the season. Right. right. Nobody practices. Right. So you really don't have time to work on the mechanics and all that stuff, which is what he needs. He needs to work on the basics. I would say that if we had one lesson that we learned, and it's, tell me if you guys agree with this, from the first few weeks of the season, it's that I think because we got so hyped on this rookie class and because we have seen guys like Towns come in and just completely impact the league and change, change the fortunes of a team, we're kind of like, okay, like rookies rookies can come in right away. But for the most part, you know, the NFL recently has started just bringing rookie quarterbacks in and playing them right away. But it's traditionally like accepted for there to be a, an apprenticeship period, you know, and right. in the NFL and in the NBA too. Like, right. you know, I remember there's been plenty of situations where Draymond Green really only started playing because somebody got hurt. You know what I mean? Like, it's not right. like you bring Draymond the in. You're like, this is what we think he should be doing. So I think that that, that that applies to Lonzo. It applies to Markel. I think expectations are really out of whack. And I think those teams are in very strange positions because on one hand, they want to sell tickets and shirts and put these guys on billboards mm-hmm. and be like, look, we're going in the right direction. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like those guys need to learn how to play the game first. Right. Yeah. It's partially like the ball family's fault for just building up the hype all Damn. this. <laughs> but also because Justin Verrier take takes shots at LeVar Ball. <laughs> we could write that post. Um, I think we've been writing. It. <laughs> I I think it's also that, but it's uh, it's also the fact that this is the biggest drama to the season. Like the fact that on draft day, Danny Ainge basically just said, this guy isn't our guy for Markel Fultz. It yeah. kind of set up this... Uh, this long-running thing where it's like, this is what we're worried about. Because the Warriors are not going to create inherent drama within the season. We know who's going to win. So we turn to the rookies because these are the most exciting guys. And I think because of that, we've been watching every Lonzo game, every Fultz like, YouTube video sure. of him every, shooting with the wrong IG hand. Every IG story where he's smiling or not. All right, guys. <laughs> so we are 15 games about into the season. Um, and we figured it would be a good spot to kind of take a step back and give away some awards, see what we think of the, the season so far. So let's start uh, at the top with the MVP award. Pretty pretty straightforward. And we've discussed this a couple weeks ago. I think we started talking about the way the race was shaping up. I guess I know that some traditionalists get annoyed if MVP discussions happen anytime before April or mm-hmm. something. But, but we can just call this of the month. Of the month, yeah. right? We're one Player month into of the, month. the season. Okay. So, We're not saying that because... My answer is kind of, I think, not sustainable. Well, let's find Love out. I, kind of, I was wondering if this might be a unanimous decision by our, our board. Let's say it on three. One. Two. Three. Chris Ooh. Wait, who did you say? Kyrie. Yeah, oh, we no, said, I said prison. Yeah, we, said we both Prisingas. said prison. Kyrie. Yeah. It pains me. It hurts <sighs> deep. Did you miss Danny Chow putting in our Slack earlier that his stats are I did, not? I did that not impressive? miss that. In fact, I was I was holding <laughs> on to that like with deep. I also did not miss that you were like I disagree. Yeah, no, I'm very much in on Kyrie. Yeah. despite the stats. Uh, Here's my concern with Kyrie. Just sure. to jump ahead here. Uh, 
I think it's very Derek Rose-ish where, <laughs> where Kyrie isn't why they're excelling. It's clearly Brad Stevens in the system and what they're able to do with whatever parts they throw in there, which is why I actually have Brad Stevens coach of the year. But I think Kyrie in the same way Isaiah Thomas was kind of the bullet. Whereas, like, the gun is what actually is the power behind it. Sure. Is the apparatus. I get it. And he's just, like, the means by which they're, like, winning games. Because he's the one who's scoring. Granted, a very talented means, but I see what you're saying. Sure. Just let's get something 100% clear. <laughs> I did not want to say this. Okay. Like, th- this is just, for me, uh, using the logic that MVP awards usually have, which is, A, the story of the season. And mm-hmm. I think that Kyrie leading this team to the league best record without Gordon Hayward after losing him in the first five minutes of the season. They've been gutting out wins. I, I, I don't even know if Kyrie has had like a signature victory. I mean, he's had really good games, but mm-hmm. you know he's been playing great. He's played through this a, a couple of little uh, small injuries. Um, plays 30 minutes a game, 22 PER, 20 points a game. I, I And the fact that he is doing this with a group of... I mean, you wrote about this, Haley. Like... Mm-hmm. All of these random new Celtics who are stepping into new roles, they're playing without the defensive sort of stewardship of Avery Bradley, but they're an even better defensive team this year than they were last year. Horford's been in and out, and through it all, Kyrie has led this team to win after win after win. But like Justin said, I think that that speaks way more to Brad Stevens. Right. Because he really knows how to play to people's strengths. And there's no way that um, Kyrie just decided, you know what, like, I was so mad all his years in Cleveland. I didn't want to play defense. Like, that is also in part Brad Stevens. Right. And so I would say for similar reasons, that's why Porzingis is our MVP pick. Mm -hmm. Because that roster is even worse. I feel like, if anything, I I would give executive of the year to Danny Ainge for like picking the right rookies, getting Jalen Brown in there. He really looks like the type of guy you can win a title with. Uh, I don't. I think the Knicks have like two good players. Like I was trying to convince myself that Tim Hardaway, Hardaway yeah. was actually good yesterday, and it just didn't happen because he took the most insane shots at the end of that game. They are already nine and five. The Knicks are their over under was thirty and a half, so they're already a third of the way there, yeah. which is freaking insane. Yeah, like I just think Porzingis is the best player on the court most of the time, and the only reason they have any shot. Do you think that? What do you think about the fact that we spent the first two weeks of the season obsessed with Giannis? Giannis is the MVP. Giannis, 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 and then we changed the channel. Like, did did something drop off with Giannis, or has things just? I think if we just turned our attention elsewhere, I think the latter, because Giannis is always going to do what you know. What I mean, he's always going to like take over the games and be the Bucks like yeah. main guy. I just think that's like other things have emerged and been more exciting. Even like I put this as second place for MVP, but like angry, angry, vengeful LeBron mm. <laughs> has been very entertaining. And I think that he is like slightly embarrassed by what happened in the middle of the first month. And so he's like, I mean, all the things, the Instagram posts after the New York game, it's just like, I think that we are going to see like this fire underneath him that comes out like at least once or twice. Do you a buy the idea the that that fire could burn him out? 
before before the most important time of the season? I think they're asking a lot of him. Yeah. I watched that game against the Mavericks on Saturday, and it's just like if he's not the one doing it, I don't know who it is. Kevin Love even stepped up in that game, and you're really getting nothing from any of those positions. So if I had a ballot, which I, I put my top four, I had Porzingis, I had Harden second. Mm-hmm. Like we overlooked the Rockets just because they're just rattling off wins. Yeah. But he's been very good. And I haven't really been watching because I'm more interested in how he and Chris Paul kind of congeal. The rather- Rockets are kind of having the season that I think the Cavs were hoping to have quiet victories. Yeah, yes. exactly. Quietly put it like just moving through, no drama, everything's working. We're working on this thing, we're adjusting that thing. But in the meantime, we're putting away W's. And, you know, I think as soon as the Cavs just got to that around 500, everybody smelled blood in the water. And yep. now it's become this circus that, it, you know, it happens every other year for, for a LeBron team, it seems like. Right. Right. All so, right. So, uh, Kyrie, Chris Stops, Chris Stops. Uh, I think we are unanimous in rookie. Yeah. Yeah. It's your boy, Ben Simmons. Yeah. It'd probably be better to talk about like our second place. Yeah. That's actually interesting. Yeah. Who do you have second? I kind of have a tie between Dennis Jr. and Donovan Mitchell. Interesting. Ooh. It's hard for me to put Donovan Mitchell a, like a solid to second. see him with truthful eyes. Because <laughs> <laughs> Louisville's own. Yeah. yeah. Well, that. But also, like, we can't ignore that. Like, his shooting has not been great. Although he has been asked to fill the cup. Right. A lot. Right. And yeah. I think that as the season goes on, or maybe you know, next season, we'll see that all this repetition has really helped him. But it's hard for me to put a guy shooting like that in second place. But also, he has games where it's like he just lights it up. He, it's interesting. He's actually They're actually doing with Donovan what you were saying that you wish they did with Lonzo, which is right. let him play through it. And right. I think he's like such a competitor that you can see he knows that there's a lot of betas on the Jazz team. Like even Rodney Hood and these guys who were supposed to have step-up years. Right. Like Donovan's like, I, I want to... I'll take 21 shots if nobody else is going to do it. Somebody has to score. And I think that really relieves like Rubio because he never, I don't think he wants this burden of like, oh, I have to put up all these points. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably been really difficult on him to be relied on like that. Yeah. And and I think for that reason, I like those guys long term. I like what the, what it means for them two years, three years from now. But because their shooting percentage are so low, I I didn't have them on my ballot. I had Tatum second. I had Tatum. Oh, second. Tatum. Yeah. yeah. I also yeah. had third Kyle Kuzma, aka Kyle. Kuzma. I had him too, and yeah. I, I I'm wondering when that becomes something that everybody it feels comfortable saying. It's almost like we're scared of putting another Lakers rookie, you know, like giving them the full recognition. But if Kyle Kuzma was like on the Jazz. We'd be having the exact same conversation that we just had about yes. Donovan. Yeah, he's so, very good. Like right. I, I was uh, in doubt early in the season just because I didn't know if the shooting would translate. He's actually not shooting from three all that well. I think Kuzma's at like thirty-two percent, maybe under. But that's literally the only thing he's not doing well. He's shooting like fifty percent. He's starting for uh, a team. He's playing solid defense. I think he just makes sense. I think he's a guy you could just plug and play. Brian Windhorst was on the Ryan Russillo show a couple of days ago, I think, and they were talking about. And beat actually, and they were talking about this idea of um, when a player begins to understand what he's capable of and realizes that the other team can't stop him. So he was comparing it to LeBron's first playoff run, and he's like, "Embiid understands that no one can stop him." It's really interesting to watch Kuzma play because I think he thinks similarly, right? Like he doesn't want to take. There Lonzo is shine. almost like this hesitation in the in the entire arena on Walton's part, on the right. team's part, where it's like. Could this guy just be the number one option? Should we? It was. It, there's a real hesitation. He almost had the dunk of the year on Embiid last night, and if it gone down, we would be having a completely different conversation. Embiid's today. facial expression after that was like, 
that could have been yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which was yeah. amazing but what you're saying is just it speaks to just the labels we put on guys yeah. based on where they're picked like how many chances did Anthony Bennett get simply because he was the number one overall exactly. pick right. and if exactly. Kuzma had gotten cold had started cold in the beginning of the season people would have been like that was just summer league that was just preseason this I expected a, that yeah, yeah a, a Lakers shout out Megan myth. Schuster by the way who stuck with him literally the first possession Kuzma had in summer league was like that's the guy wow yeah oh, that's shout right. out Schuster. All right, so I think we're all. Are we all in agreement? Wait, I just want to oh, say, yeah, sure. I forgot about Tatum because I actually forgot he was a rookie. He all has right. been playing great. He's yes. having also Him and the, the classic are, rookie of the year season, which right? Is just already solid, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. He's a vet. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is kind of cliche. Do you are you are you into Tatum season so far? Yes, I love him and Jalen together. Yeah. That's a great deal. Uh, I think we all have the same coach of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Brad. 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 Yeah. Although I will say Pop being able to put together like a, a decent team with what they have on the court right now is insane. Like Marcus Aldridge was trade bait and we thought he couldn't fit in there like what, four months ago. And now he's, I think, like top 15 in PER. He's like a legitimate first option for that yeah. team while Kai, uh, Kawhi's out. So he des- he deserves some love. I have another uh, uh, shout out for Coach of the Year. Okay, the combined nineteen and nine of Stan Van Gundy and Tom Thibodeau, who we threw <laughs> under the bus a couple weeks ago, saying the league had passed them by. So that's true. Yeah. Detroit and Minnesota both being good. Minnesota, I, I think we hoped Shaky and good. expected yeah. they would be good. Detroit, I think, is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, one hundred percent, and it's pretty fascinating just to see Stan Van Gundy turn Luke Kennard into an NBA player like immediately. Right. I yeah. also think that uh, Hornacek deserves some praise. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not LeBron agrees with necessarily you. Yeah. exactly. I loved that quote LeBron was saying after the game, which is so funny because there's this thing where now we just ask LeBron what he thinks about everything, even <laughs> when it's not related to him. And he said after they played New York, I think Jeff Hornacek is finally. With the release of the old fella, he's finally allowed to implement what he wants to do on the team, which is obviously like Phil Jackson and the triangle. And then Kristaps said the exact same thing. And yes, their offense looks much, much smoother and better than it did last year, which was just like confusing. You know, everyone looked confused. LeBron takes any chance he can to throw shade at Phil Jackson. Was that kind of love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although him going at Nelkina, I really didn't appreciate. I know, I I didn't like like that. Kind of a jerk move. I, 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 I think he. I, I agree with you, but I also appreciate the fact that LeBron understands drama. Yes, and that <laughs> he's TNT. <laughs> he he could have just been like my bad little guy and run past him, but it's the Garden. Like, do something crazy. Yeah, you know, like true. make it make it dramatic. That's true. Um, speaking of Nilakina, he is my biggest surprise of the year. Wow, I uh, did not ever see him play basketball before <laughs> um, <laughs> this NBA season. <laughs> Didn't really know who he was. Thought it was just. I, I mean, I had no doubt that he would be eventually fine. But the uh, it's very rare that a rookie is praised so passionately for his defense. I love it, and it's just been such a surprise to watch him out there. And now all these like they're the Knicks film school Twitter account just putting together defensive montages of Frank Nilakina on a nightly basis. Uh, so that's my biggest surprise of the year, Haley. What's yours? Uh, I would reiterate what you said earlier and say the Pistons. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of people were really low on them after what happened last year because it's like, yeah, they started off with Reggie injured, but then when he came back, it kind of got worse. Mm-hmm. So I think that people were like, even when he's healthy, it's not going to be great. But I think that we all knew going into the season, everything had to fall right for them. You know, Drummond had to be better. Reggie had to be, you know, more selfless. And their outside shooting had to work, or at least they had to take a lot more shots, like traditional Sam and Gundy mm-hmm. offense. And they're second in the East. So hopefully that continues. 
Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I had them second on my ballot. I had Aldridge third, and I had the Magic first. We Aldridge. got into. Yeah, we had uh, Aldridge, we had, Aldridge is another Aldridge. case like Giannis right. of of the first week or two we were we were obsessed with Aldridge's <laughs> Renaissance, and then we all got bored and watched. Right. It feels like two years ago. Yeah. already. This is what happens with peak NBA TV. Just, <laughs> right. yeah, everybody's moving on to the next thing. Uh, what, so Aldridge was number one. I had Aldridge third. I oh, had the third. Magic one simply because. Oh. Uh, I, I debated between them and the Pistons, but I think the Magic, I didn't see that coming at all, whereas like the Pistons have at least had some success, and they have Drummond, so it's like mm-hmm. splitting hairs, basically. Um, for biggest disappointment of the year, uh, I went with uh, Markel and Lonzo having slow starts, just as because right. I think we had so much hope, and that's we were positing them. Well, you know, I mean, that's the Fultz thing, no matter what the reasons behind it, is tough. I don't, I don't think it's... I, I also we haven't had really like an update in a while about mm-hmm. what's going on. You know, it's, it is just it seems like a real the indefinite. They weren't kidding about the indefinite <laughs> part. Um, he's with the team. He seems to be enjoying himself. I caught him laughing a bunch of times last night. But uh, <laughs> that's great. The I number one and number two pick struggling like this is is sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine is some. So those are huge bummers. But mine is someone who was absolutely supposed to be way I think better than he was the last two seasons which is a high bar and that's Carl Anthony Towns Mm. last year or I mean last night against the Spurs he did have a big game and it was his birthday so happy belated shouts to Scorpios (laughs) yeah shouts to Scorpios um but he should be having a bigger year like don't get me wrong he's still averaging 21 points on a team with Jimmy Butler and Andrew Wiggins, but I think that there were much higher expectations for him. And I think that he should be in the conversation that we're having about Porzingis, that we're having about Giannis. And it's interesting because we praise those two so much for how exciting their offense is. But the big problem with Cat is still his defense. Can we go off script a little bit here? Sure. Is Cat on the, the Wolves and the way that the Thunder played? Obviously better without Melo, but just in general, like the sort of problems that they've had in the beginning of the season. Super team backlash? Hmm. That you there's there not that there's only one ball, but that even just uh philosophically, there is a hierarchy to basketball lineups and to basketball teams that doesn't support true true big threes. That right. there needs to be a Bosch. There needs to be the Bosch. And yeah. even and even in that case, there needs to be a Wade, which is I think Butler is really playing a really good Wade role. Right. This year. And I, Butler's like, look, I can pass. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Wiggins and I like to never... play defense. And Butler you feel like really is winning is the most important thing to Butler. Absolutely. And if, if Wiggins takes the winning shot, as long as it goes in, it's fine. Yeah. But I, I wonder whether or not the the big threeification is going to be a short lived trend. I think <laughs> even last year Wiggins and Carl might have both thought that they were like the number one option. This year, it's much more imperative that that's cleared up. Yeah, I wonder if this is a case of where we are in the season, Mm -hmm. too. Like, obviously, teams that have an established hierarchy are going to be able to put things together quicker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas it took the big three heat, what, that entire season just to really kind of come together to figure out who plays where and like when someone goes when. Um, I will also say that despite all the concern over the Wolves, they're third in the West right sure. now. Sure, yeah. So uh, I am worried long term. So I also wonder if this is a regular season versus playoff sort of thing too. Whereas, yeah, maybe it makes sense in the regular season to reel off wins to have a hierarchy. But when it comes to the playoffs, you really need two, three guys to just go in there and uh, be superstars. That's what wins basketball. It's like not to be reductive, but like you look at every freaking good 
team in, in the playoffs. It's those are the guys who have several guys that can do it. Yeah. Except for the Cavs. Um, <laughs> Cavs. Uh, disappointment. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, Kyrie Irving, simply because every time he opens his mouth, it's a giant Ooh. disappointment to the entire world. <laughs> it's I'm, good. I'm also uh, a little concerned now about my uh, Charlotte Hornets. I think they're five and eight right now. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty. God, pretty the what's the, what's the problem in the there? NBA. I just don't think they have good players. <laughs> Jeremy Lamb came back down to earth. <laughs> uh, like Dwight Howard definitely fell back to earth very quickly. Mm. Like even when they were playing well, like his shooting numbers weren't as good as they should have been. And I was like, oh, that's that's not a good sign. It wasn't a good sign when he showed up uh, at preseason with weird like contact lenses in too. Uh, and like Nick, Nick Batum is back. So he's really the only guy that can dig them out of this. But I think they might end up at best kind of bottom playoff team okay very quickly let's do the tony allen memorial good guy award aka the low-key dude you're in on either because of how he plays or his social media mine's jonathan simmons okay oh super energy guy he okay so it just came out that he told reporters that lebron james called him over the summer and was like dude play with me and he was like no because i want to beat you (laughs) and now he's playing on the team where he's on the bench yeah. You know what I mean? He started like one game, but he's still, he's not like bitter about it. He comes in, he's a super good energy guy, not afraid to drive to the rim. Will literally go against any huge guy in the league. I just love it. Yeah. He's I one of their, 100%. he's one of their five most important players on that team, yeah. which is cool to see. He comes in, he definitely brings them something. Uh, mine is Ennis Cantor. Easy one. Like this dude love showed it. up like five days ago and mm-hmm. he's already standing up for his boy. It's like if like, family in all caps, right? It's just like, as if like someone at Sweet Green tried to step to me and Danny Chow was like, <laughs> get away from him. So don't Danny go, is don't, in <laughs> Yeah. Don't go near his kale Caesar. Okay. <laughs> um, I have to go with a slightly less charming, I think inherently charming uh, person, but uh, Eric Bledsoe because of, I'm really happy for him four straight with the Bucks since he joined the team. Um, four wins in a row to go from where he was exiled from the Suns, <laughs> uh, it, you know, tweeting from the salon, getting you know indefinitely kicked off the team by Ryan McDonough, but then traded to a great situation for him in Milwaukee and immediately making an impact. And I I love watching Eric Bledsoe play. I think he's had like a lot of really tough breaks in his career with injuries, and I don't know that he's ever been in the really was he played like on two good teams? Yeah. And, you know, you could make the argument that you you make your own luck, but it's awesome to see him play on a team that really deserves having like a, a great player like him. It's also the weird example of an, an addition to a team that doesn't seem to have disrupted the team. It's just made it better. Mm-hmm. So moving Brogdon to the bench was actually, it's just improved their, their rotation and their depth. So shout out to Eric Gordon for having a second act. In Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, sorry. Did I say Eric Gordon the whole time? No, just one. Okay. Just the last yeah. time. Sometimes I do get Eric Bledsoe and Eric Gordon confused, but That's I okay. meant Bledsoe. Yeah. I slip up Paul Millsap and Al Horford like three times. A, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different. Um, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to talk to Kevin Clark a little bit about the Orlando Magic, but we'll be back to play Guess the Narrative with the Warriors and the Celtics game tonight. Let's take a second to chat about... The NBA show's sponsor, and that's Hotel Tonight. It's an awesome app for finding and booking great deals at great hotels. The holidays are coming up, and you know what that means, Haley. 
lots of family time. But with Hotel Tonight, you can have the best of both worlds. You can visit your family and you can stay in a sweet hotel. No crashing on an air mattress in your old bedroom that your parents turned into a gym. You don't even have to wait until your family starts to drive you crazy. You can actually book up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities, which means you can lock down your holiday plans before you head home. Or wait until the last minute if that's more your speed and make a break for it when Uncle Tony starts talking politics. Oh, Tony. Oh, Justin. We all have an Uncle Tony. Whether you need a room for tonight, the holidays, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app because while home is where the heart is, the hotel is where the room service is. So this year, pull out of the pullout couch and get a room with Hotel Tonight. Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show group chat is also brought to you by Wish. You want to save big? Over 300 million smart and thrifty shoppers have discovered Wish, the mobile mall app that connects you to thousands of merchants. Wish makes it easy to shop fashion, shoes, electronics, kitchen gadgets, and more directly from the makers. And that way, you pay 60 to 90% less than what you pay at a store. No markups and no overpay. They even have an outlet section with products from amazing brands like U.S. Polo, Champion, Wrangler, and Hanes. And if you can wait a few weeks for delivery, you'll get lower shipping prices than almost anywhere else. No wonder it is the number one shopping app on the App Store and Google Play and the highest rated mobile shopping app in the world. Plus, all you basketball fans out there will be glad to know that Wish is the official mobile shopping partner of the Los Angeles Lakers. Kuzma! Get your Kuzma gear! And now for our listeners, Wish is offering all new users with a free gift with purchase. But dedicated Wish lovers, don't worry about being left out. All listeners get 20% off your purchase by using our code RINGERNBA. Just download and open the Wish app, find things that you didn't even know you needed, and enter code RINGERNBA for 20% off your first purchase. It's magic. Little Rick Ocasek to get this started with you, Kevin Clark, because we wanted you to come on to NBA group chat and talk a little bit about the Orlando Magic. Alfred Payton's team. So I was redoing the NBA 50. <laughs> <laughs> so Drexler's off. Aaron Gordon's in. Yeah. George Mikan's definitely out. We're going to put Jonathan Simmons in. Where's Vooch? And then... Yeah, Vooch is going to replace Nate Thurman. Mm. Um, and so those are the only changes okay. that have been made. Still, Jury's still out on LeBron and all those guys. I think the funniest thing you've said on Slack since I've we started working together, I mean, you've said incredible things to me in person, but on Slack, the funniest <laughs> thing you've said is when Kristaps didn't play against the Magic and you responded to that news with Aaron Gordon flu game? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it was, yeah. The, the, so Kristaps obviously scared of the Magic. Right. And yeah. for he good reason. Him. He ducked him. Yeah. He, yeah, for good reason, the Magic destroyed the Knicks that night. Yeah. So a uh, couple problems with the Magic right now. So first of all, they're, they're, they still have a winning record. In case anybody doesn't know, feel good story of the season to start with, right? Sure. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. One of the biggest surprises, if not the biggest. Right, definitely. lots of, like, and, are and the Magic not, for real posts. Right, and, and, and it's, not, <laughs> it's not... <laughs> It's not just the magic are good. It's the individual improvement. Like Aaron Gordon, you know, yeah. Terry Stotts was saying this yesterday. I, the Atlanta Sentinel wrote about it. Terry Stotts said he's never seen improvement like Aaron Gordon, where wow. you're a 29% free, uh, three-point shooter, and then all of a sudden you're hitting 50% of them. And yeah. maybe it's just a small sample size, but like the stroke is good. He's hitting dagger threes. Like He, he has the confidence. And so... I mean, I kind of believe, like, if Aaron, Gord- Aaron Gordon's not going to shoot 50% threes over the entire season, but if he becomes a reliable three-point shooter after being really bad for his first three seasons, I kind of agree with Terry Stotts. Like, who's better? So are you low-key making the case that he should be the small forward of this team? 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's such a jumbled real? mess. It's such a jumbled mess right now. I mean, and, and that's part of the, so so the shooting has obscured a lot of a couple of other issues. First of all, you know, when Alfred Payton was out, they went five and one and had incredible ball movement. Yes. So that's that's one thing that's aside. But also, just the shooting has carried them in so many situations that they they a the ball movement has, hasn't been as good as it should be. But b you know I don't think we know who our best guys are right now. You know I mean I just but think that was charming in the beginning of the season. It was what, like wow, they, were just they got throwing a lot of guys tools. out. They got like yeah. all they can hit you with this Swiss Army knife of a bench. It's so interesting. Yeah, right. And so the I mean, Shelvin Mack was getting minutes last yeah. night. Obviously, Augustine was 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 hurt. But like, I you know, I just think that Vogel is still finding out what his rotations are. At one point last night, the Magic uh, went the, the Blazers rather went on a seventeen nothing run in which the Magic turned the ball over seven times. So we obviously have. There's some runs to be had against us. <laughs> Sounds right. good. Yeah, and so I just, you know, I love this team, and I love individual improvement. Evan Fournier is playing really, really well. We always knew he was a good offensive player, but he's, he's a complete player right now. Uh, Biombo is not a horrendous contract. I just want to say that. I get heat sometimes because everyone's always like, what are the bad Magic contracts? And I don't really say Biombo. Do people hit you up on Twitter and ask, what are the bad Magic <laughs> contracts? No, no, I was on a pod with Bill. Oh yeah. Last over the summer, and they were like, "Who are the bad contracts you can dump?" And I said, "We don't a- actually have any right. like outsized horrendous contracts." For what Biombo does, I think he is a bad contract. If he's not starting, he's a bad contract because he's getting paid like a starter. I think in a vacuum, it isn't a bad contract, but in within the context, it's of also what in terms he actually of roster does. construction. It doesn't yes. make any sense, especially when you have many. Well, yeah. no, when I you have just Isaac think, too. Like yeah. coming back, Isaac's been hurt. Yeah. Isaac is hurt currently. Right, so but we, I think if he's, you want him to ascend to that kind of four or five hybrid role and not necessarily have another big. No, I, I, I know that, but I do think we, the, <laughs> okay, the, the, the two things that we need because Vooch is not that is, you know, defense and a post presence. Right. And, and Vooch wants to stretch the floor and that's great, but I don't really know Vooch's role if we have other outside shooting and we have other, you know, guys who can hit 15 foot jumpers. I just don't, I, we've we've long argued about Vooch and I have not. And, and his role, <laughs> Barrier and I. Well, like a week, but sure. <laughs> um, mostly Danny Chow and I. Okay. Um, but you know his role in modern NBA. I mean, 15 years ago, Vooch would have been a phenomenon. He's just not. You know, he he's not that anymore. It's he, fair to say they've had um, the results they've experienced recently are. You know, it's a contribution is the fact that they've been on a West Coast road trip. They lost to the Warriors by 10. Yeah. They lost to a, a Denver on the night when Jokic went nuts. And they lost a tight game to Portland last night. So it's not, I wouldn't really raise the white flag yet. I guess the question about Orlando that we were asking before this season is, what's the goal here? And are do you want to draft from the John Hammond sweet spot of the mid-first round? Or do you want to lose a lot of games so that you get one of these top three guys? <sighs> That's a great question. So I would like... To miss the playoffs again. That would be my hope. Maybe get the 10th pick. Get one more piece going forward. I think that we're not there. We don't have, we're not the Sixers. We don't have the pieces where it's like, okay, we're going to go forward and this is our team. If Alfred Payton were an elite point guard, then we're talking about sure. something else. Yeah. You know, first of all, we have to sign Gordon and Payton after presumably after this season. They're going to be restricted free agents. That, that's one thing roster construction-wise we need to keep an eye on. Um, but I do think we just need one more piece to pair him with Isaac. Get I just I, if we if we start here, 
and we just start building towards it and we just start drafting, you know, with the with the 18th pick, that's not going to get us there. Okay. Yeah, I think they're similar to the Knicks in that their surprising start has been like exciting for now. Yeah. But unlike the Knicks, I don't think like Porzingis is obviously a frontline guy and Jason Concepcion has been saying the fact that Porzingis has stepped forward and shown to be a top 10 level guy that's enough to satisfy not getting a top pick in this next draft I don't know if Aaron Gordon has reached that no. status he would need to show himself to be an all-star in order to make good on this being a playoff team for, for you to come away from the season being fine with the sixth seed right I mean there's two different things I think Aaron Gordon can get this team to the playoffs I mean I just think that his game has improved immensely and I think he can get there it's two separate things like you said are am I happy to be the seventh seed and lose to Cleveland in five games right not really. Right. I'd rather miss it. You don't want to another... be Detroit from two years ago or whatever it was who, who just got like who got in by the skin of their teeth, got worked by Cleveland, and, and then didn't almost seem to have a hangover with it for the next season. Right. You can't take that past this season or yeah, this, right. these playoffs. What, who are the, like the keepers on this team besides Gordon, though? Like I look at the roster and I'm like, Isaac. Isaac. And then Fournier. Maybe Simmons. Is Fournier oh, no, a Jonathan keeper? Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fournier is a keeper. Jonathan Simmons. Who sees himself as like a LeBron contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. I love that. Spot, spot the lie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you one question before you take off. You're one of my, like, you're like a true NBA fan in the sense that you view the NBA through the prism of your home team, of mm-hmm. your team. Mm-hmm. And those are like the most interesting fans to talk to because... I'm always curious what your observations are. I just are. found out about the Warriors a couple of days ago. <laughs> when they I had no idea they were that good. Um, what's the best team that you've watched this year? Warriors aside, what's yeah. the best team you've seen Orlando play? Oh, jeez. Certainly not Cleveland. No. Because Cleveland was terrible. Um, the team that played the Magic the best, I mean, it's hard because, I mean, we were rolling through some good teams. We destroyed the, the Cavs in one of their worst losses in history. Um, I mean, I, I don't. The Celtics the, game. The Celtics game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that they're I think this, I was just talking with Bill the other day. I mean, the Gordon Hayward injury is a is a basketball tragedy. And it bums me out, even as someone who is just very parochial and territorial about my team. I don't like, think I'm, you can get a raise just for saying that. <laughs> okay. Cut this whole thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole reason I showed up was to try to do that. No, it's just I the, the Magic have been such a weird team. And when you hit threes, that's that's sort of what happens. Yeah. Is that you can beat yeah. good teams, so you can't really tell who's good. I mean, the Blazers impressed me yesterday a lot. Um, the Warriors obviously were, were, were incredible. The Magic, by the way, were winning that game in the second quarter, and I took a screen grab. The Warriors, <laughs> really? The Warriors. Good. Yeah. Something to pass down to your kids. Okay, so we're going <laughs> to come back and talk a little bit about tonight's Warriors-Celtics game. But thanks to Kevin Clark for talking about the Magic. Thanks, buddy. Basketball is very good. Okay, uh, thank you to Kevin Clark for that uh, incredible Orlando Magic insight. I know that I feel smarter. Justin? Yes, I know so much about Orlando now. Uh, about a little Disneyland. sadder, honestly, just hearing it. A little sadder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, game of the year tonight? <laughs> year, sure. sure. So far? Yeah, yeah right? so far. Yeah. No, the-, the entire rest of the season. Well, <laughs> nothing will add up. To Here's that. the thing I hate about the Warriors. They don't give us games of the year. The thing they're they like I they do them in, in the Western Conference Finals and then the finals they they have great that you know the the Memphis game from a few years ago when they got the record was awesome, but nine times out of ten as someone and I'm looking at Jason Cahill as I say this as someone who has gone live after a Warriors game that was supposed to be exciting and tight and been sitting there with the remnants of my own life and my own failures <laughs> as they win by 25 points yeah. Um, 
I, I find it hard personally to get worked up for Warriors games. Right. That being said, this is in Boston. Boston is the hottest team in the league. Boston has one of the best players in the league going full guns right now. I don't know. I'm pretty excited. I'm trying to keep my, my expectations tempered. Haley, after this game, what's going to be the headline? Like, what, what's the, guess the narrative here? Uh, I would love if Boston won and all of a sudden we start having that, like, is Kyrie better than Steph debate? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's just a good because, one. not because I believe it, but just because I love drama like that. And right. I think that'd be really fun. Um, and I also think that if Boston won, it'd be really, really hard for the crowd that says Boston is going to get out of the East to not just become everybody because it's not that unreasonable anymore to believe that. Yeah, I think one team is going to ascend to front runner after this game. I think it's very likely that's going to be the Warriors. <laughs> I think after that Wolves game, was it last week, where they just blew them out in the second half, mm-hmm. I was like, the Warriors are the Warriors now. Yeah, I feel like if they do anything like that against the best team in the NBA, like the other best team in the NBA, then it's done. It's like, fair, I'm done with them for the rest of the right. season. The Warriors. Well, I, yes, I, I, hit me in the playoffs. Do, do, now, do you feel, would you rather watch the best team every night? No, I would rather no. watch an up-and-coming team every night. But I remember, with the, I think when the Heat were the best team, because there was so much drama surrounding them and because teams actually did try to bring bring their best against them because there was a little bit of, you know, you ruined it every you you, you ruined the league by joining forces. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was must-see TV. The first few years of the Warriors were incredible because you were watching almost a new kind of basketball be invented. But now I agree with you. Like I'm just kind of like, wake me up in May for these guys. Well, with the Heat, with those Heat teams, there was still less of a talent disparity yeah. than there is now with the Warriors. Yeah. So the only right. time a Warriors game is fun is if they semi-collapse or is if something happens. Like the Wizards game against them was one of the most exciting uh, all year. Someone got ejected in that game. Yeah. Bradley uh, Beal and yeah. Draymond Green got ejected and it was so much fun. My guess the narrative is going to be, wow, Marcus Morris really went after Draymond last night. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it, it was interesting watching uh, when Bogut and Bede were going after each other last night, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's got his number a little bit. I'm still waiting for somebody to pull Draymond's card a little bit. Yeah, it almost was Beal. Yeah. Like, yeah. they were in, like, yeah. a headlock in, yeah. like, one point in the game. But that was mostly Beal. Like, Draymond yeah. actually did the right thing for once. Yeah, right. So, Good guy, Draymond Green. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, any predictions about tonight? I mean, what, what do you have, do you, have, do you what do you think's going to happen? I think that the Warriors will win, and I actually think that they'll pull away before we want them to so maybe like yeah the third early fourth but that's not what i want but that is kind of what i think you guys have been talking about how the celtics are reminding you of the spurs so i think it's going to be a spurs game where boston goes up 20 early and we freak out and then the warriors have like a 40 point swing sure. <laughs> yeah. and win sure. by 20 i think at some point the warriors are just going to wallop them because like yeah. this is the type of game that they should get up for yes because they've probably been hearing the past two days like oh the celtics might be coming for you guys right. and it's just like Hold up, we have five all stars, and you're playing a rookie and a dude with a flat top against us. Like, fall back. Okay. All right. Flat well, tops we'll are great, <laughs> for the record. We don't have a show next week, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody uh, in advance. And we will be back the week after that with NBA Group Chat. Until then, for Haley and Justin, I'm Chris Ryan. Basketball is very good. Very good. 
Today's episode of the Ringer NBA show is brought to you by Hotel Tonight, an awesome app for finding and booking great hotel deals. There is no more crashing on your air mattress in your childhood bedroom this year. Instead, lock down your holiday plans with Hotel Tonight. Book a room up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities. Or wait until the last minute if that's your speed. You can make a break for it when Uncle Tony starts talking politics. Whether you need a room for tonight, the holidays, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app. 